A hurricane has formed, and now it has turned and is taking aim at you. Are you ready? Do you know what to do? Do you have the resources you'll need to survive this monster and its catastrophic aftermath? That's what we're talking about today. Preparing for hurricanes. Welcome to Practical Prepping, episode number 409. This is the prepping podcast. We have no bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about being prepared for hurricanes. And if you'd like the extended notes on this Go to practicalprepping.info slash 409 and you'll be able to find those. It has been a good week. It's been a great week. We've got an announcement. Some of you have known it's coming, but Jude has arrived. Yes, grandchild number nine has arrived. Our little Jude was born yesterday, actually Monday it was, and uh, he's a beautiful, bright, gorgeous baby, and he and mother are doing great down there in Birmingham, Alabama, and so we are over the moon with delight. And when we get to get our hands on him, he's going to look like the kissing monster got him. We've got to take special precaution uh, this season uh, not to do a lot of baby kissing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Papa, on it. Uh, I'll have to just, Yeah, just to give some of the stats, he was 6 pounds, 15 ounces, 19 three-quarter inches long, and he's got beautiful, bright, wide, gorgeous eyes and pretty little red golden hair, just as cute as a bug. We are recording this on Tuesday night, the 29th of August. And he was born on the 28th at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And they are doing great, and we can't wait to get our hands on them. But we would say congratulations to Keith and Randy with that. Now, right now, there are two hurricanes running around out there in the ocean. You know, and Florida is stuck right in the middle of it. Idelia has its sights set on Florida. It's yeah. going to go into Western Florida, and Frederick is probably not going to be an issue for the United States. It's out in the Atlantic. It appears to be tracking back out into the ocean. Right, and I was talking with our son-in-law today, and we're looking at some of the tracks, and it's not impossible that Idalia could help push Frederick even further away. Well, yeah, Idalia is... A storm of right now, even as we speak, she's 300 miles across. Mm-hmm. She's a monster. She's already at a Cat 2. They do predict Cat 3 by Wednesday morning. Yeah, by the time you're hearing this, she will probably be a Category 3. Now, there's some things we need to understand, and one of those is understand what we're dealing with. You mentioned the stats on Idalia. And some of the major concerns with her right now is the high winds at 100 miles an hour. They're looking for a lot of storm surge coming in, and evacuations have already been ordered. And we encourage you, if you are in that evacuation area, load up and get out. Now, here's some of the categories. Well, the statistics for Category 1 
is between 74 and 95 miles an hour. Yeah, and that's generally a minimum damage potential. Basically, damage to some roofs, gutters, maybe some trees, definitely some power outages, and some coastal flooding, but generally not as catastrophic right. at that level. It, Although it I'm, does you, damage, and if it yes. hits you, it's catastrophic, but... You know, they're they're one that a lot of folks ride out. I have friends that live down there, and they'll ride out a Category 1 or a Category 2. But when it gets to be a Category 3 or above, it's time to go visit family. It is because you've got to remember how a hurricane is formed. You know, it's got that big bands of storm winds. Then there's that eye, Mm -hmm. and that's where that calm, and then you get that back edge that comes back across. And a lot of times that's where your real power is. Well, the other thing is that it's blowing in the opposite direction when the back of the eye wall comes along. Mm -hmm. So whatever has been loosened and damaged is going to get further. It blows back over the other way. Exactly. Now, Category 2 ranges between 96 and 110 miles an hour, and this is moderate damage potential. This is going to cause quite a bit more damage to roofs. It actually could pull some roofs off. It can collapse some very like flimsy buildings, outbuildings and things. It can break out some windows. It can knock some doors off hinges. Definitely, again, power outages. And the coastal flooding surge could be more severe with your Cat 2. And then we go to a Cat 3, and this is 111 to 129 miles an hour. And this is what we expect to be making landfall Wednesday morning. And it lists this as extensive damage potential. This is where major damage can happen to even the best built of homes. This can uproot large trees. It will destroy campers and mobile homes and boats. You can expect widespread power outages as the telephone and wire poles themselves will be decimated. Significant coastal flooding is expected. In fact, the Weather Service is expecting a storm surge in that what they call Big Bend of Florida, where the the West Coast bends back over to the left toward Mm -hmm. Pensacola, and they're expecting 11 to 15 feet storm surge. Wow. Plus, get this, there's also a thing called the king tide. The king tide is a natural occurrence, but it happens at this time of year, and it's going to raise the tidal level an additional one to two feet, which by the time you're in catastrophic flooding, who knows what that's going to be, because they expect another 12 inches of rain to fall all at once. It's going to be really awful. Now, Category 4 ranges from 130 to 156 miles per hour, and they list this as extreme damage potential. Yeah, this is where it will wipe out entire communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, down to the ground, severe damage, roofs, walls, whole entire buildings collapsing, power outages at this level can last for weeks. The extensive coastal flooding, which the storm surge is generally the most dangerous Mm -hmm. part, not even so much the wind and the rain, but it's the flooding surge that causes the most damage and destruction. And a Category 5. Now, this is the true monster. This is 157 mile per hour or greater. Now, this is catastrophic damage. This is where there is complete roof failure, destruction of homes. Power outages can last for weeks or even months. And this is where the extensive coastal flooding is expected. Now, something else to keep in mind is that many of these barrier islands are joined by bridges and piers Mm -hmm. and other types of 
you know, over the water connectors, those will be gone. They will literally be disappeared. They're in entire, a lot of the, right. in a lot of the Cat Five uh, hurricanes. They will be. And what that does is, when you're cut off as a barrier island from your one and only way for vehicular traffic, nobody can get to you. Mm-hmm. And unless you have a boat that hasn't been damaged, you can't get to anybody. Right. So we're warning you again. You know, don't don't be the brave person that thinks you can ride out a Cat Three, Four, or Five because. A Cat 3 is, is way it's too much for enough. my mind. I would not want to be surviving that. Now, to take a quick look back at the history of some hurricanes, we had Katrina in 2005, and she was a Cat 5 and one of the most devastating hurricanes in U.S. history. There was widespread destruction along the Gulf Coast, particularly in New Orleans. The storm surge there breached levees, and it led to catastrophic flooding and the displacement of thousands of people. When I went to Mississippi, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, on disaster relief after that, and I personally saw damage from 18-foot storm surge. Mm. A house there that was 10 feet off of the ground and the storm surge went all the way to the ceiling inside that house. That's just insane. I also saw where it took a barge from one of the casinos and put it on the other side of Highway 98. Oh, my goodness. And the the barge down there, they're all on barges. But the one that is made up like a pirate ship, and it was called Treasure Island, you could see all the way through that. And remember, too, with New Orleans at Katrina, New Orleans itself is 20 feet below sea level. Mm -hmm. And so the thinking there was that obviously flooding was going to be their major issue. Now, 2005, you know, you're talking about 18 years ago. Right. And there are still some unrepaired areas to this day. Whole communities that have never been built back, people that abandoned those homes and never came back, and they've just left it to, I guess, rot. And that that's pretty much what describes the Ninth Ward, is that those folks were totally devastated. Go back to 1992, and we saw Hurricane Andrew. Yes, in fact, Hurricane Andrew changed my vacation plans. I was going to go to Florida that particular uh, August in 1992. And we were watching the weather and our daughter was about three years old at that time. And she was going to be staying with grandparents. And it was a grandparents that told me, said, you know, we're watching this hurricane. It's going to be striking right about where you're going to be. You may want to rethink Florida. Mm -hmm. And we did. We changed our vacation destination. And sure enough, that weekend, Hurricane Andrew. And as I recall, the city of Homestead, Florida, was virtually wiped off the it, it map. It was gone. Mm-hmm. Our our disaster relief teams went in there, and it was just pretty much nothing there. That's just so devastating. Then Hurricane Harvey in 2017 was a Cat 3, and it made landfall in Texas, and there was unprecedented rainfall and catastrophic flooding in Houston and the surrounding areas. And it became one of the costliest hurricanes on record, resulting in extensive property damage and loss of life. And then there was that Hurricane Sandy. You know, it made its way all the way from Cuba up to the New England states, a very rare hurricane activity for that area. 
It made landfall in Cuba, and it weakened to post-tropical cyclones before reaching the United States. But it kind of reformed and re-strengthened, and it hit New Jersey and some shorelines of New York and caused significant coastal damage and loss of life. Yeah, this was in the billions of dollars in, in destruction. That was in 2012. Understand that the majority of people are typically killed in hurricanes due to storm surge, due to flooding, and due to drowning. And a lot of times that's not happening while the hurricane is striking. It's coming after or or just on that backside. Mm -hmm. So if the hurricane, let's say the hurricane hits you on Wednesday... It's Thursday and Friday and Saturday that's really going to get some folks because that's when all that water has to go somewhere. It's usually higher on the east-southeast area or quadrant of the hurricane. You have the wind coming in with a counterclockwise rotation, and it's pushing that surge right on up onto the shore. Keep in mind that the majority of people are killed in hurricanes due to storm surge, flooding, and drowning Best thing we can say is don't be there. Let's do something a little bit different here. Let's go ahead and take a break for our sponsors, and then we'll come back with how to be prepared for hurricanes. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote-unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great-tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus, and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better, and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan, just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river, and we can run it through our Pro One filter, and we'll have clean water. Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable, and through December 31st of this year, the Pro One Gravity water filters are 25% off, and there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, We're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. 
You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to forpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. All right, welcome back. And we're going to continue our discussion about hurricane preparedness. So let's just get into this. First and foremost, you want to stay informed. We can't really overemphasize the significance of staying informed about approaching hurricanes. And the only good thing you can really say about a hurricane is it generally gives us quite a bit more warning. Yeah, now there's no opportunity to say we didn't have time. These things don't sneak up on us. The only thing you could say as an excuse is if you're living in a cave and you have no means to be informed about it, but that's generally not the case. Well, know? there's not too many caves in Florida, <laughs> So it, it, here's, <laughs> at least above ground. And, you know, not too long ago, we talked about hurricane preparedness from the aspect of when you know you're going to get this kind of warning, and in some cases it can be as much as 10 days in advance, mm-hmm. this is the time to act. You don't want to wait till tonight at a cat too. You don't want to wait till tonight to rush over to Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever your lumberyard is and think you're going to find plywood and duct tape and all those types of things. It's not there. It's, it's been yeah. bought out. In now, fact, those store a lot of those stores went ahead and closed. Yes, they've gone ahead and closed. The evacuation order has already passed for this particular hurricane and you're supposed to have already been out if you're leaving. Now let's talk for a second about what a hurricane watch means versus a hurricane warning. Okay. We know that in tornadoes that the conditions are right in a watch and a tornado warning is one has been confirmed. I have a, a funny kind of a way, it's kind of humorous a way to explain this. A watch is like having all the ingredients of your cake out on the counter. Your flour, your eggs, your butter, your oil, your sugar, your flavorings, all sitting out on the counter. That's a watch. A warning is a cake has been spotted. Mm-hmm. It's already been put together. The it cake has already is baked, and I can see a cake now. So know that the warning means just the ingredients are present, and then the warning is the cake is here. Very good description for a tornado. Now, the hurricane watch really means that there's a possibility of hurricane conditions developing within a specific area, typically within 48 hours. Now, this is the early warning to the residents. This is where we need to start preparing for that potential threat by getting our stuff together and getting ready to put that emergency plan into place and being ready to evacuate if necessary. Now, hurricane warning is more serious, and it indicates that the conditions are expected to occur within a specific area within the next 36 hours. That means that the threat 
definitely is imminent. Immediate action should be taken to protect your life and your property. If your county has been given evacuation orders, do follow them. And this is a time also to check in on your neighbors, the elderly, folks that live in apartments. You want to make sure that the word's getting out. There may be people that are hearing impaired. Perhaps they're on medication mm-hmm. and they're sleeping a lot. You just really need to kind of put that extra responsibility on yourself and help people out if you can. And you may need to help them to evacuate. It may need to take somebody with you. Yes, yes. You want to have that emergency plan, and that needs to be well thought out, and it needs to be written. Now, here are some of the key elements that go into a hurricane plan. First of all, you're going to want to plot out your evacuation route. You know, wherever the hurricane's coming, you want to go in the opposite direction or follow whatever the EMA has listed. And in some cases, what will happen, they'll take the interstates and they'll reverse the lane so that they're all outgoing. Exactly. And that you've got to be aware if you're driving that if you're coming into that area, if you've come into an evacuation route, let's say you're a truck driver and you're on business, you've got to be aware that you'll you'll be turned around and you'll all go out in the same direction. If all lanes are coming at you, you better check up. Yeah. And also to have that meeting point. We've talked about meeting points before, even on the very lowest level of like in your home for a fire evacuation. In this case, with a hurricane evacuation, you're going to want to think out where you all need to meet up or get the word out where you can meet it, where it would be a safe and sensible place for the family members and the loved ones to meet up and account for each other. And one of the logical places for this is at one of the shelters. Oh, absolutely. And one of the reasons is they keep track of who is where, and so that helps your family to find you or you to find other family members. Well, and, you know, communication is the next point. And many times at those shelters, there are ham radio operators that are already sending out the reports and the messages so Mm -hmm. that they can hit different areas all over the nation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about communications in a few minutes, but you need to have those communications methods in your written plan. And this is the time to pick up your important document binder, And pack that in your go bag exactly to be able to take that with you. The next thing that we want to do is make sure we have an emergency kit. Now, here's some essentials that you need to have in that emergency kit. One is non-perishable food and Krista's favorite, water. You know, I'm going to have some water in there or a way to purify water if you have to source it from the wild, for example. But you or want, flood surge. Yeah. You know? And you want to have it stored at home if you're not in the area that's going to be in storm surge. One of the reasons you want to have enough adequately stored is that the water systems often become contaminated with this storm surge. Oh, you know, the utilities will be <laughs> shut off. Even so you wind up with the sewer and the water supply joining. Yeah. And <laughs> Ew. That, that's a good reason yeah. for you to have water exactly. stored. Now, you need your medications, both your prescription and your non-prescription medications. And we resupplied this week on some of our non-prescription medications, and I will be resupplying tomorrow on some of my prescription We want to have those. We want to have a supply of that in our go bag in case we have to go. Now, you want flashlights. 
You know how I am about flashlights. He you is can't, crazy nuts about flashlights. You cannot have too many, but you definitely want to have extra batteries for those. And keep them in some kind of watertight container. Yeah, a good Ziploc bag is mm-hmm. great for that. Put as many as you can. Use the gallon size and fill it up. You also want a portable radio, something that's battery operated. I've even seen some of these hand crank radios that you can power by hand cranking them. There's one out in the garage. Exactly. You may not have even known it's out there, but, Think but I it saw is. It. Yeah. Okay. And also have your NOAA, NOAA, NOAA weather radio, because this is your basic form of information that can reach you, whether it's plugged in or not. Right. All of those need to be battery operated or hand cranked because you are likely to lose electricity. Exactly. And we're paying a little bit more attention to this right now, and that's having baby supplies. You need to have formula. You need to have bottles. You need to have a pacifier. Very important thing in the life of a baby, having a pacifier. Maybe that's in the life of the parents, but you need that pacifier. Well, you'll also need some antiseptic wipes, too, Mm -hmm. you know, for handling the baby. Baby wipes, disposable diapers, canned food and juices for the kids. You need to have those things on hand. Don't forget to check that first aid kit. You know, you want emergency bandages of various sizes. You'll need some rolled gauze and some adhesive tape. Some antibacterial cream or ointment is a must, and some sort of a cold pack, something that can reduce swelling if there's a sprained ankle Mm -hmm. or something. Also, be sure to take the ABC type of fire extinguisher. Believe it or not, a hurricane can spawn a fire. Absolutely. Now, some other things you may want to have handy or put in the car or have, you know, in case you need those during power outages, blankets, extra clothing, personal hygiene products. And have those important documents and some cash readily available. That's right, because, you know, those credit card and debit machines may not be operating they if may there's not. no power. Businesses will want to open and mm-hmm. supply what they can, but it's probably going to be a cash-only situation. And don't forget your pets. Make sure you have some supplies on hand for them and plan for their safety as well. We have a system that... We can put our cats into carriers and put them into our safe room, and that's for a tornado. And just protect your pets and then have the tools to turn off the utilities. Oftentimes, you'll get broken water lines. You'll have downed power lines. You definitely want to shut the power off coming into your house. And the gas. Even if it's off. And shut that uh, gas off because that gas can lead to those fires. Next thing you want to do is secure your property if you have time. Now, Florida, parts of Florida right now, the time for this is beyond. Yeah, this was this past weekend for should, them, right? Should have been doing that. But in the future, secure loose objects. Get rid of those lawn chairs, get the trampoline taken down mm-hmm. and inside. Fold them, get that table umbrella down, mm-hmm. fold everything up, secure it in some kind of a container. Put it in the garage and just where it's not out, where it's going to take off. James Spann calls the 
trampoline the Alabama State bird. Well, after- there was a story. There was a lady on the beach in Orange Beach yesterday from all the wind. A picnic table umbrella got loose and impaled her lower leg. Mm. And they had to get the res- the first responders that came. And they cut the ends of that umbrella off of both sides from sticking out of her leg in order just to transport right. her. Just because wind picked up an umbrella and sailed it right through her leg. Can you imagine? Mm. Yikes. Now, this is the time prior to the hurricane, to be reinforcing your windows and your doors. This is where hurricane shutters come in good. You can go out there and close those up and you're ready. Or you can board up windows and doors with plywood if you already have it on hand. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've said time and time again, get that ahead of time and have it ready Because if you live in these coastal regions, the time will come that you will need it. See, people are buying that plywood not just for their houses, but for their businesses as well. Mm -hmm. And some of these businesses have 100 windows, and there's only so much plywood for sale. You just cannot wait until that Cat 3 is on shore to think, you know what? Uh, First of all, you shouldn't even be there to be shopping. Right, but you're not going to go buy it after either because it's going to be a while before the big box stores get their truckload of wood in there. One thing we really want to tell people, though, especially if you're being, if you're in the crosshairs of Edalia, you are going to need to be prepared to evacuate. We're hoping that by the time you hear this, you have already evacuated, that that's a past thing for you. And so let's put this into the future. When the hurricane's out there coming your way, get ready to evacuate. Now, one thing is to know when you're going to leave. Is it at a specific category? I mentioned I have friends down there that they'll stay put for a one or a two, but if it's a three or above, it's time to go visit folks. Is your decision made upon evacuation orders? Now, I know a lot of people want to say, well, I'll ride this out. I've ridden them out in the past. But, you know, there's always a first time you can get killed. Exactly. And remember, too, you riding it out First of all, you really are taking a huge chance because you cannot control the surge and the high winds and the damage that can ensue. But even if you do survive it and you're injured or you need help, nobody's nobody's coming. They can't get to you. We're going to talk about that a little bit in a minute. But is your decision to leave based on storm surge risk? How about high wind vulnerability? If you reside in a mobile home or a structurally weak building or in an area of high risk of wind damage, don't be there. Don't be there. You will not survive this in a mobile home if you're anywhere near the coast where this thing comes in. Remember how long a hurricane lasts. Mm -hmm. That thing can rage on for hours and hours and hours. Yes. How about the flooding potential if you live in a low-lying area? or an area that's prone to flash flooding. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of flash flooding that comes from the sky, not from the storm surge. Right. The storm surge may hit some of the coastal areas, but you've got to think about these interior harbors and some of these Mm man-made lakes that are further inland. They're going to fill up faster because they're not as deep. Or if you just live in a low-lying area. So if you've experienced flash flooding in the past, be prepared and get ready to go. Maybe your previous experience says that your area has a history of severe hurricane impacts. 
These are real considerations for evacuating, so take that under advisement for all future hurricanes. In addition to knowing when you're going to go, know where you're going to go. Right. With those friends and family, that meetup spot, have that decided ahead of time and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Don't be changing plans. You know, stick to whatever the game plan is because the stress level is already going to be quite high. And if you're planning to stay in a hotel, which is a very good option, Mm -hmm. then leave early. Those things do fill up. Now, you may have a little better luck traveling perpendicular to the storm path than you will traveling directly away from the storm. Go a little distance and go to the west or to the east in this case, and you may have better luck finding those hotel rooms. Now, when it comes to going to a shelter, you can have an app that shows shelter locations. I know that the Red Cross has one. And probably FEMA has an app that shows you shelter location. A lot of counties also will have their EMA Mm -hmm. locations by your county. So definitely get in touch with your local EMA to know where those shelters are. Yeah, find their app. Most of them have some type of app. And go ahead and have your evacuation bags already packed. Even if you don't think you're going to be in the path of this, Sudden changes of directions can happen. You know, that happened with Katrina. Mm -hmm. It did what it wanted. Well, and I can tell you, that's what happened with Hugo. Now, I experienced Hurricane Hugo in Concord, North Carolina, hundreds of miles away from Charleston, where it made landfall. I wasn't preparing to evacuate for a hurricane because Concord, North Carolina doesn't get hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? But. It happened. And so it's caused me to think, you know, you can be hundreds of miles inland and you can be hit with 125 mile an hour winds all night, Mm -hmm. tearing up your neighborhood. So just be, I'm here to tell you, I'm a believer on inland hurricanes. So pack some changes of clothes, have some food and water for the trip and have that cash for the trip as well. As Krista mentioned a minute ago, those debit cards may quit working. Now we were talking about those of, of, those of you, hopefully none of our listeners, but, you know, we're trying to respect everybody's liberty and freedom of choice. You know, if you choose to write it out, that's your choice to make. It's not the best choice. And believe me, the authorities do not want you to do that. But you've got to realize that there is going to be no 911, no fire truck, no ambulance, no police, no sheriff. You might be out there all alone writing it out. And somebody else might be out there writing it out that's planning to loot your place as soon as they have an opportunity. And there's absolutely nothing you can do Well, about it. that, and if you have a medical emergency, if you have an injury, emergency services are not coming for a while. No. They're not risking the lives of the first responders to rescue those that should have left. You know, didn't you tell me the story that some of the authorities were telling people to take spray paint and paint the plywood of the next of kin and a phone number? <laughs> Should they find anyone that has been riding? Oh, I'm going to go even better than that in a minute. But if you are in the hurricane and riding it out, be prepared to be totally self-sufficient for three to five days. Wow. Three to five days before you can pretty much reasonably believe that help is coming and stay in your safe place until the storm passes. And as you mentioned a minute ago, this could be 12 hours or more. Yeah, it's not like a tornado that's in and out quick. Now, here's what you were alluding to a while ago. If you're going to ride out a Category 4 or a Category 5, 
please write the name of your next of kin and contact information on your arm with a Sharpie. Doesn't do anything to protect you, but it helps the authorities to locate your next of kin and identify your body after the storm. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? It's sobering. Very sobering. I mean, just go ahead and do that if you're going to try to ride out a Cat 4 or a Cat 5. They are dangerous. During the storm, here's some things that we can do. Definitely, you want to stay inside and away from any glass windows. Now, avoid using candles. See, wind can knock over candles, and if you have a gas leak and a candle at the same time, that can cause explosions or fires. And it is safer to rely on flashlights or battery-powered lanterns than any kind of a fireplace or a candle, of course. Right. Now, after the storm, be very aware of the potential hazards that you might face. And this is one reason it's good to stay inside or right there on your property after the storm passes by. But there's a lot of potential hazards out there, down power lines being one of them. Yeah, they can be live. You cannot look at them and tell if they're live or not. Exactly. The second thing out there is broken power poles and low-hanging lines. Mm -hmm. That power pole may be just waiting on one slight little tug to finish falling. Yeah. Or there's also debris that can fall, broken glass, boards with nails in them, splinters, shards, mm -hmm. uh, just all, all manner of things that can smack you and hurt you. And one thing that we have found that seems to show up in abundance after some type of flood is snakes. Yeah, especially those water snakes. They're, they're, uh, well, they're so, being flooded up out of exactly, their habitat. Exactly. Yeah. And a snake is a snake to me. So that's one reason <laughs> I have always, when teaching disaster relief, I said, never put any part of your body where your eyes have not already been. Exactly. Don't reach into a hole. Don't, don't step over a log. Exactly. You know. Look, step up on it and then step over it and well across it. You know what else you get in the water? Well, I know what you could get. Gators and crocs. Gators and crocs. Mm -hmm. they, and, and there's been sharks and dolphins have floated up into people's neighborhoods too. Yeah. Those alligators can get moved by that storm surge. Yeah, and they're coming in with all that contaminated water, all those structures that are weakened. You know, you just got to understand, if you've been through a hurricane, we're just preaching to the choir at this point. Mm -hmm. You've seen it. You've smelled it. You know what the damage is. But there are some people that may be new in this coastal area. They've never lived there before. This is their first hurricane. Yeah, we, we tend to move to a new location and think it's going to be like our old location. Yeah, right. Funny thing, we had to buy a lawn tractor this week, and we were at the John Deere dealership, and we were talking about that. And the salesperson that we were dealing with, he said, there is a man here in North Alabama who last year, I think, it might have been the year before, bought a new lawn tractor, and he wanted a snowplow. Oh, he was from Michigan. He was from Michigan, yeah. and he knew that he would need a snowplow. He Why? said, he well, in Michigan. <laughs> it snows in North Alabama. Yes, but snow in Alabama is a little bit different. Usually it's have another cup of coffee and it's gone by noon. Nothing you can plow. No, no. <laughs> you, you can barely get your shoes wet with it. 
And he said he saw him earlier this year, and he asked him if he's used his snowplow, and he said, I've moved a little dirt around He's moved a lot of dirt with it. And that's about all he's done. (laughs) Next thing, we really want to be checking on our neighbors. Now, we mentioned that a while ago, but after the storm, we want to do that as well. Offer assistance if possible, and just be a good neighbor there. It it really can make a difference. There's a lot of folks that, you know, that we don't know what their situation may be mm-hmm. mentally or emotionally. And if you can just be a blessing and a help, then mm-hmm. do that. Be that. Because you want someone to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And it might be something simple. Yeah, exactly. And it could mean helping them find a place to stay. It might mean taking them to a shelter. But you know, check on those neighbors. Nothing brings people together like crisis. Right. Another thing you want to do, very important, notify your family of your situation. This is where you work your communication plan. Right. In our case, we have a family contact list that we have distributed electronically all across our family around the country and physically to those who don't do well with electronic or they need large print. I'm thinking like my 90-year-old mother. She Mm. needed the printed version. But we have that one contact outside that area. We're going to be doing next week an episode on Ham Radio with some of the interviews that we did at the Ham Fest. But just to share this one with you, this man grew up in Puerto Rico. His father's a Ham Radio operator. And just a couple of years ago, the Hurricane went right across Puerto Rico. I mean, that seems to be the first target Oh, yeah. For us. They've, they've definitely got a circle on their back. And a little bit later, he got a phone call. And this phone call said, I am a ham radio operator in whatever state. I mean, it was nowhere even near the coast. Hmm. And he said, I've been on the ham radio with your dad, and he wants you to know that he and your family are all safe. And he said that just took his stress level down because he watched it hit Puerto Rico and he'd been there when a number had hit it before. So work your communication plans. Cell phones may be overloaded. If you, yeah, even if you have a cell tower that's working. So again, we want to remind you that if you will take your device and send a text message to whomever your contact is, there will be a greater success rate of getting a text message out because it requires less bandwidth and a text message will continue to try to hit until it finally lands exactly i mean even if it's an hour or six hours or 10 hours from then in this case we need to make contact with one person outside the impact area that has that emergency contact list and then they can just broadcast exactly whomever they want exactly if two of our primaries are two of our daughters one in North Carolina, one in Alabama. If we can make contact with the one in, say, North Carolina, she will notify the one in Alabama, and then they can begin to work their list with the respective sides of the family. So keeps it a little bit more streamlined. Exactly, and we may not have the time to get 29 messages out, but if we can get one out outside the impact area, They'll handle it from there. When you can, get on social media, do a check-in there, and Mm -hmm. broadcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, which is now X, whatever social media you may be using, 
let someone know that you're all right, or maybe just a general area of where you are and what's going on and how they can reach you. And one thing, if you do have service right now, it may go down shortly, but you can change your voicemail message for anyone calling your phone trying to get in touch with you that lets them know you are okay or lets them know that you are safe but have property damage and they can begin to make plans to come and help. Or perhaps where you're heading if you're evacuating. Good point. If you're evacuating, and that would be before the hurricane hit, so you should have some voicemail service there. Now, this is where you want to, after the storm, when it's all safe, document whatever damage that you have. You can take photos or videos of any of that damage, and it helps when it comes to uh, negotiating with the insurance during the claims process. Krista says to even go and photograph inside your freezer and inside your refrigerator. Yeah, you'll forget a lot of times what's in there. And you'll sometimes forget just how many hundreds of dollars of frozen food you may have Mm -hmm. in there. And your insurance, your homeowner's insurance, you're going to have to read your policy to see if you're covered. When I went through Hurricane Hugo and we had 10 days of no power, I had just moved my freezer and refrigerator into my new house. We were literally in the process of moving across town. Hurricane Hugo hits. Half of my belongings were in my old house. Half of my belongings were in my new house. The new house lost power longer than the old house, but all the food was there. And it was so devastating. But our homeowner's insurance covered not only the cost of the food, and I had a really good insurance agent. Mm -hmm. This is why I always like to say, and this is just personal opinion here, I like having a personal relationship with an insurance agent into whose office I can walk, sit down at the chair and look at him or her right across the desk. Because this insurance agent was at my house before I got there after the hurricane. He was already clipboarding Mm -hmm. all of the damage because this person was someone we'd had a relationship with as an insurance agent for a long time. And that's made a difference. He really came through for me. And it was a good insurance company. They covered all the the refrigerator damage. They replaced the appliances, all the food. It was a terrible thing to go through. Yes. But I came out actually pretty good. This Sunday, we attended a baby dedication for the one that we adopted, not us, our grandchild. This was number eight grandchild. Yeah, for number eight. (laughs) We went to the baby dedication for number eight. And insurance agent that I bought my first insurance from 48 years ago, and our insurance is still with his agency, even though he has now retired. Oh, yeah. And many times over the years, he has helped us just like you're talking about when it came to car wrecks, when it came to various things that happened. Mm -hmm. They walked us through the process. So having that local agent is a great thing to do. I like it a lot more than I do an online agent that changes every three months. Well, you know, there's a place for everything. But at a time like that, that personal touch you money couldn't have bought that. Right. That was everything. So check your insurance policy is a little bit late for damage from this hurricane headed toward Florida. It'll be there in the next eight hours or so. 
and already is affecting the coast in yeah. a lot of places. I've seen some of the news footage. It's pretty devastating. But check that for future reference so that you will know that you are covered. Anything about hurricanes you want to add? Well, we're just going to hope and pray that this has as minimal impact as is possible. We know that Mother Nature can be fierce, and we respect that. We just hope and pray that everyone's going to be safe and that the only things that have to be replaced are material goods. That will be a good day. If we can avoid any loss of life, that is our hoped-for situation. Okay, now if you're not receiving our monthly newsletter, we want to send you to our website where we also have a free 12-page PDF on getting started in prepping. And if you'll go to practicalprepping.info, you'll find right up there at the top that says get free PDF. Click on that. Give us your email. First name is fine. Make up a name if you want to <laughs> and whatever. And, and we don't sell your information. We, we don't give anybody else our mailing list. And we'll get that PDF out to you and we will get you on that newsletter. Now, we want to say that today's cup of coffee comes from our friend Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Woohoo, Kathy, we do appreciate that cup of coffee. And if you have received value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little, by buying us a cup of coffee? You'll find that link on the front page of our website. And Krista always says, Stuff happens. Please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. 